This week's episode of the Stretch 4 Fantasy Basketball Podcast is sponsored by Smile Brilliant. So, man, I just got a quote from my dentist, and it was like $300 to correct my teeth grinding. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I can pay that. What did you do? So I was having some issues with stress and anxiety as well, and I found out about a company called Smile Brilliant. Smile Brilliant is a company that has a lab direct process that you can get the same custom fitted night guards for as little as $45 per guard. So big money saver right there. Additionally, they've got custom fitted teeth whitening trays and the Kari Pro electric toothbrush. So they've got lots of ways that you can, you know, work with your smile and get, get a whiter teeth at the same time. Appreciate that, man. I'll definitely check it out. And you should too. Head over to www.smilebrilliant.com and use code STRETCH4, that's STRETCH F-O-U-R, at checkout for 30% off. Once again, that's smilebrilliant.com and use code STRETCH4 at checkout. The Stretch 4 NBA Podcast with your hosts, Dan Titus and NBA fantasy experts, Alex Burns, Zach Hanshu, and Adam Koffler. What up, NBA fans? Dan Titus here with the Stretch 4 NBA Podcast. It's Saturday morning. We're recording the, the day after the final playing game, so a little bit to talk about there. But we're going to give you a rundown of our top 12 2022 fantasy picks going into next season. So we're going to give you a little sneak preview of what we're thinking. We're kind of running this like a four-team four mock draft. So uh, we'll give you some little little tidbits of why we like each player and we're going to do this over the course of the, the next several weeks, so stay tuned for that. But before we get into the action, we're going to get some quick reactions about the playing tournament just in general. What Guys, what were your thoughts? But then also provide some picks for the NBA championship because I'm curious. I'm sure we all have varying opinions. We're all fans of different teams here. So it'll be interesting to see where we're aligned and where we differ. So start off, guys. How was your week? What are some thoughts on the playing tournament? Look, man. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I think the playoff tournament is stupid. I think it's a joke. Uh, it, it eliminates the the reason that we play the regular season, right? So Golden State, they're out of the playoffs after losing to Memphis last night in overtime. And they earned the eighth seed throughout the regular season by their play. This is the reason why we have seven-game series in the NBA playoffs because in a best-of-one series, anything can happen, especially in the NBA – as we saw with Golden State losing two straight to get eliminated from playoff contention. Um, so I, I don't I, I think it's stupid. It adds no value other than just extra games. Um, and, and it really devalues the regular season. So now Steph Curry, uh, you know, after a tremendous MVP season, willing his team uh, without any help to uh, the eighth best record and deserving of a playoff spot, he gets eliminated because he lost to LeBron on a last second three and to Memphis, who is much deeper than Golden State in overtime. Uh, whereas if we would have seen best of seven series from Golden State, I think they maybe could have made some things interesting for Utah in the first round. I'll, I'll just say, though, real quick, good thoughts. Um, I'll add my opinion later, but I just want to say that the Warriors had two opportunities to make the playoffs, and they blew it. Both chances. They should have taken care of the Lakers. They had several opportunities to do it. It took a blind quote-unquote blind LeBron seeing three rims to hit that crazy three at the at the end of the game but they let the the Memphis Grizzlies off the hook as well so I'll let I'll pass it on to Coffin and I'll give my opinion thereafter the, the Warriors were going to be the eighth seed right Zach so in the first round of the playoffs they play two straight road games they actually had a home game here to be able to beat the Grizzlies if you go down 2-0 in a series in the first round to the one seed you're done right like you're just done so to think, to think that the Warriors would have gone down 0-2 to the Jazz and then come back and beat them in a series in the first round, absolutely no way. I love what the playing did in getting – I feel like it got the NBA, the casual NBA fan, really hype for the start of the playoffs. Um, I know a ton of, ton of conversations were ongoing on Twitter and just a lot of people were tuning in. Ratings were extremely high. Another thing it does is it gives an opportunity for the team – Basically, you're, you have to rethink if you want to rest guys down the stretch because you want one of those one through six seeds so that you get a full week off prior to the start of the playoffs. 
in that regard, you're going to have teams not resting as much uh, that are, you know, four, five, six, seven seed because they want to get that six seed. And also you're preventing fewer teams from tanking down the stretch because they have a shot to get that 10 seed and get into the playoffs. Uh, sort of like Memphis did. Memphis is in the playoffs now and they, you know, were not going to make it otherwise. So I think it does add a little something. We'll see if they continue with it. I think the fact that LeBron got in uh, will help the case for the NBA to continue with it. So uh, we'll see going forward, but I'm a fan of the plan. And look at, look at like Miami and Boston, to your point, Adam, um, to your point about teams not tanking in the regular season, Miami wanted to avoid the play in tournament at all costs and played hard for the last week of the regular season. Boston ended up sneaking into the play in tournament. So I, I'm kind of in the middle here. I, I do see the pros of it. I do see the cons of it, kind of what Zach alluded to. But I'll say this, after the COVID year where the NBA lost a ton of revenue uh, with like the last half of last season, I think that one of the main reasons they did this is because they need to put more games on. They need to have more excitement, more money. I think it was more of a money situation, but because of the excitement it brought, I think it might be something that sticks. Do we think this season was a condensed season? There weren't really fans in the stands. People, you know, Players were injury managed throughout the season. Do you think we see less of that next season with fans back and a more spread out season? Like, do we see fewer people resting throughout the season? Was, was that a result of a condensed season with no fans? With no fans, it's much easier for a star player to be like, eh, or, or a coaching staff to be like, eh, I'll just let this guy kind of sit out because you know, nobody, you know, paid their hard-earned money to come see this guy play anyway. I mean, there's a clause within the NBA contract that NBA teams are not to, to rest players on nationally televised games. And I think that that's primarily for the in-stadium experience. And so I, I would say that there's likely going to be less resting than there was this season, but I think this season was an anomaly between COVID yeah. and just the condensed schedule. I just think we saw an increased amount of that. I don't think it's still... It's still going to be a factor. Load management is still a thing, especially for some of these veterans that get up in age that don't have to play 82 games to still be make an impact for their regular season record, um, especially these teams that have multiple superstars. Like I think we're going to see the Nets next year definitely be conservative, much like they were this season with their superstars. But um, my thoughts on the playing tournament, I think. I think it was definitely a money play. They wanted to get more excitement around the playoffs and, and get some of that revenue back. I think it's interesting that Jason Tatum's 50-point explosion just goes into nothing. It's not yeah. recorded on anything. So I think that that's an interesting element, too. It's like, how is it relevant if there's no statistical evidence of it happening um, other than just getting into the, into the playoffs? But I thought it was great. Uh, I think that the matchups that they had, Minus the Spurs game. I mean, it actually wanted to be more competitive than I thought. But overall, I think we got the end result. I'm okay with the Memphis Grizzlies getting in over the, the Golden State Warriors, mainly because the Memphis Grizzlies are a serious, deep team. And I think we saw it from a fantasy perspective this year. While they were super frustrating to own or manage, it was their depth that took them to, to this next, to get into that eighth spot. We saw Xavier Tillman, who became fantasy relevant for a little bit of time as a waiver wire pickup this year, really be an X factor in that game as well as slow-mo. I mean, we were talking about slow-mo last, uh, last week as a fantasy award winner, and this dude was balling out last night. So I, I see value in it. I thought it was very entertaining. Will they continue it going forward? I don't know. I, I think that the there's a part of Adam Silver that's a little bit pissed off that it's not Steph and LeBron both in the playoffs right now. So there's some factor to that. But overall... Steph, Steph was getting bounced anyway in the first round, man. Yeah, like, yeah let's be real. Yeah. So... Like LeBron, LeBron's gonna you know single handedly beat the Suns, but you know Steph was not, Steph. Come on, man, Steph. But Steph was not beating the Jazz. Are you kidding me? People were no. people were gonna watch that game though. Golden State versus Utah gets some ratings because of Steph. Who the hell is watching yeah. Utah and Memphis? They the ratings on that game are gonna be hot garbage, dude. Nobody's watching that. <laughs> I'm watching. It. Well, you know the people listening to this podcast are watching every game though, so. Sure, but the, the in general national audience who who wants to watch Joe Ingles? I want to watch. And, yeah, <laughs> I want to watch. Hey, I want to watch Jaron Jackson uh, pick up three fouls in the first two minutes. So that leads watch me to my Jaren next point. Jackson's <laughs> ugly jump shot. <laughs> Jesus, Yo, I don't know. I don't know hideous. how that thing goes in, man. Like, how does that thing go in? It looks like looks like Lonzo Ball's jump shot from you know two years ago. I think it's just absolutely disgusting. I thought about it last night. The Memphis Grizzlies have the most ugly jump shots of any team in the NBA. Even even Morant is a little suspect, right? They're all even Dylan, even Dylan Brooks is suspect. And then Valanciunas from three. 
yeah. uh, slow-mo is like ridiculous. Like everybody on their team has an awkward, weird jump shot. The best J is Desmond Bain. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's wet though. But the, one last thing, it seems like even the refs were doing their best to make it so that the Warriors got to the eighth spot. Like the, the, fall, the foul calls on Valachunas were ridiculous. Uh, much of the calls in the first half to me, we're definitely favorite to the Warriors, yeah. but shout to the uh, Memphis Grizzlies for willing it out. I think John Morant finally cashed in for a lot of people that doubted him, man. He was one of the more frustrating fantasy uh, players this season. And this is why this is the moment where he steps up and he becomes like the dog that he is. Steve Alexander of MSC Sports Edge said it best. Uh, John Morant's a really good real life uh, point guard. He's a terrible fantasy asset. Yep. And we preach that much of the season. So let's get into fantasy talk. Go through the first pick. So we're going to go around Robin. In the first round, it's going to go Adam, then Burns, then then myself, then Hanshu for the fourth pick. So with the first pick in the 2022 early fantasy stretch for mock draft, Adam, who are you selecting? Sorry, I was stupid. I can like add in <laughs> real music so we don't have to hear Alex's best version of that. I actually like that. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Drum roll, With please. the first pick, I will be taking 10 minutes, just like the Jacksonville Jaguars when they're on the clock with Trevor Lawrence. But the, this pick is obvious. It's Nicole Jokic. Uh, for all the reasons we've mentioned uh, during the Fantasy Awards show, previous podcasts, uh, the guy is not going to hurt you in any one category. He... It, Came onto the scene and just exploded this season. Uh, Triple-double threat every single night while averaging almost 27 points per game. And, I mean, getting that field goal percentage up to like 57 58% is just insane. And he's he really become the focal point of that team. Him and, him and Michael Porter Jr. really are some kind of tandem man there in Denver. So, and, and not to mention, this guy doesn't sit ball games. So that's in a in a head-to-head nine-cat uh, situation where you want volume towards the end of the season, you won't have to worry about the Joker. So with the first pick, I'm going with Nicole Jokic. Snipe can't, me. Can't disagree Boom. with that one. Jokic, the Joker and the eventual MVP of the 2021 season. Definitely a finalist right now. He's definitely going to walk away with the award. Alex, you are up with the second overall pick at 102. You are on the clock. Second overall pick. And this might be surprising to some, might not. Uh, I'm taking James Harden with this one. Our draft settings is going to be nine cat head to head. And so when you look at James Harden, a lot of people have kind of forgotten about what he did with Brooklyn this season because he's been hurt for the greater part of a month and a half. Dude was averaging 20, 25 points a game, 11 assists, eight and a half rebounds a game with Brooklyn. So this is with, you know, obviously Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were not on the court, all three of them at the exact same time. Uh, but this guy, he's he's the playmaker. I remember when he got traded earlier in the season, we were like, well, how, who's going to handle the ball? Is it going to be Kyrie or Harden? I mean, it was, it was Harden for the, the duration that he was on the court. And another underrated thing about him is he's always kind of top five in the league in steals. I know his time with Brooklyn – uh, before he got hurt, he was swiping 1.3 steals a game, uh, getting one block a game. So he puts up some underrated defensive stats as well. Uh, gives you 47% shooting from the field. That's what he did this season with Brooklyn. His career is 44%. So uh, I like James Harden, and I think he's going to take on a bigger role after being with Brooklyn now for, you know, what? This time the next season, it'll be just less than a year. I'll be honest, man. I, I was actually expecting to get Harden at three. Very pissed. I would call it a minor sniping. Definitely plucked me a little bit there. My only concern with Harden is we only saw the big three in Brooklyn play like five, six games together. So so what do they really look like in 2022? Um, like, does James Harden still really average 11 assists a game? Um, you know, I, I don't know. I think I think for me he's probably more of a, a middle round first round guy, but uh, you know I, I could see an argument made for him in, in the top five. Well, I, let me I say like this. It. Yeah, go ahead. Alex. Let me say this real quick. Um, my my it just really comes down to what format we're in, and we're nine cat head to head. And you know you look at Steph Curry, great, he's going to give a lot of threes. He very underrated on steals and points. Giannis, I mean he was an option there too, but but Giannis, I mean he shoots poorly from the free throw line and he doesn't shoot threes, so you're you know, he falls a couple spots there. So, I mean, James Harden really, really stands out in this category. If it was, he keeps, I, I actually think he's going to be, if he's going to be comparable, if not better next season, because yeah. I think yeah. after this run that they're going to make in the playoffs, this is either going to be a disaster and they tank similar to the 2010, 2011 Miami heat, 
Am I got those years right? Yeah. Or it's going to be they're riding momentum off of a really great season into another season to get better. They haven't played that much time together, but again, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if these guys are going to be sporadically resting next season. And Harden's only going to be the continue to be the facilitator. I think that they mm-hmm. already established those roles. He may not be the late game guy, but I don't need him to be. He's still going to rack no. up assists. And here's here's one more pro Harden point that I like with with Houston in uh, the 2019 season. He shot 44 percent with Brooklyn. He shot 40, almost 47 percent. And that's because more eyes are on Kyrie and KD and he's not the only guy putting up a you know, ton of shots. It's gonna be so, way more so- efficient. So yeah, man, that's still a problem, but that's okay. Who cares about in a, in a head really? in a head to head league? Like that's that's a a key. So so I, I like the pick burns. Not not only that, his volume of free throws is always going to help you. Yeah. Uh, for his, he's always going to shoot a high percentage, and he's always one of the tops in the league of getting to the line. So yeah, it's a good value sure. pick. Number three, one hundred three. I am up, and I am going with value. Steph Curry on the board. Sign me up. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was in conversation for MVP. Are we sure that Klay Thompson is going to be back by beginning of next season? Doubt it. Draymond Green, another year older. They're losing Kelly Oubre. So who is left on this squad to get buckets? Guess what? We have the same problem we have in the current state, and it's going to be Steph Curry. He averaged 32 points, almost six rebounds, six assists, and 1.2 steals. And that's not to mention his league-leading 5.33s per contest. You can get threes off of the waivers, but this is a guy that can win you a category every week within one game. 5.3 is the most he's ever had in a season in, a, in his career. What about he did when it Thompson ease, comes man. back? I still think he can replicate it, man. He, he's, he's the alpha, man. And I don't, Again, I don't know that Klay Thompson is going to come back and be Klay Thompson. It's going to take well, I mean, him time. Like He's definitely coming back on a minutes restriction for a considerable amount of time. You're coming off an Achilles tear and an ACL back-to-back. There's no chance tough. they're going to be rushing him to like get 35 minutes a game. And just the way that Curry, I think Curry's in his prime now, which is like I'll take prime Curry at number three all day, every day. I think he's, he's just got a thirty-two points a game. I mean, he shot forty-eight. He shot forty-eight percent from the field. Like he was almost 50, 40, 90 shooting with a volume of twenty-one shots per game. Like that's crazy. Dude, dude attempted thirteen threes per game. Are you kidding me? His peripherals are stellar for head-to-head format, points format, whatever you want. Yeah, I'm very happy. I think I think I got the value pick of the of the of the draft right here. Although Harden is still a good pick. Oh. Zach, you are up at 104. Where do you go with the fourth pick in the 2022 Stretch Four Fantasy Basketball Rankings slash Mock Draft? This is a tough one, man. Um, Jokic and Curry definitely off the board. Uh, you know, no question there. Uh, Harden, uh, you know, I think that was a little high for me, but uh, you know, can definitely see the argument there. So I got a lot of options, right? I still got Giannis. I still got Vooch, KD, Embiid. Um, you know, if we're playing a Roto style where this goes all season long, uh, definitely KD and Embiid are in the conversation for me um, because their per-game averages are just completely ridiculous. Uh, but if I want somebody, you know, Adam alluded to this earlier, if I want somebody that's going to play a lot of games and is definitely going to come in clutch down the stretch, um, put up production, uh, you know, at the end of the year. I, this pick for me is Damian Lillard. Um, and, and that might sound a little surprising, uh, but the last two seasons he's finished uh, top three in total fantasy production, uh, not per game average, but total. Um, you know, he does a bit of everything. He can facilitate, he can score at a high level, as we know, um, you know, the threes. Uh, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. He's a solid shooter. Uh, so for me, that's who I'm going with here. Uh, there was a lot of great options still left on the board, but for me, he's the safest pick and he can still give you some huge nights, uh, especially at the end of the year, he really seems to turn it on. So that's where I'm going here. Hearts uh, flying uh, off the board. Uh, 45% shooting doesn't scare you at a high volume. It does, man, but he's so far ahead in some of these other categories that again, he's finished top three over the last two seasons because he doesn't miss a lot of games and because he's, you know, extremely talented free throw shooter, 90%, uh, three pointers. He's usually, you know, one of the best in the league scoring one of the best in the league assists. Uh, he can rebound decently. Um, you know, he doesn't give you a ton with blocks, but he's, you know, he's good for a bunch of steals as well. Um, so yeah, that's uh, the free or the field goal percentage does not scare me off here just because of what he can do everywhere else. 
Yeah, he's also like one of those guys you can always rely on. Like Damian Lillard, he, he did have a little bit of injuries this year, but generally speaking, he's not injury prone. So he's always no. one of those people that will gut it out. And to, to You know, he's kind of got that one of those Iverson type mentalities to me. Like he's definitely an alpha dog. Um, definitely a person that's going to be riding. He's the, the leader of that team. They have a lot of offensive talent on that team. I wouldn't be surprised if Portland got better next season when they get a four a, a full year of Norman Powell and and uh, some of the other pieces that they have around them. Nurkic, he was out for most of the season, so most most of the time he was trying to shoulder the load. Where I think, you know, off defenses may be keying in on him a little bit, but you really can't stop him. So, no, no. disagreement with the pick. Um, I think there's still a lot of value on the board here. We've seen some really major people slide. I know. Last year, it was like Luca and Giannis were going right around this time. Luca went sooner, so the the I think we're noticing a, a different, definitely a different, uh, a different landscape going into twenty twenty two. We've seen some people falling. So, Adam, you are up with the one oh five. Which way do you go? I am thrilled to see this guy drop to five, and I think he's being slept on because he missed twenty two games this season um and I, I you know I, i'm between this guy joel Embiid, and Giannis and Kumpo, but i'm going to roll with my guy carl anthony towns here he had a down year uh with with the timberwolves this season shot under 50 percent for the first time in his uh six-year career but you'll see this often with some of my takes in uh nine cat head-to-head leagues that I'm looking for guys with high shooting percentages and that have their hand in the cookie jar of pretty much every category. And Carl Anthony Towns is a definition of that. He's also not a guy that is going to be load managed like Joel Embiid and like maybe a Giannis down the stretch. I can't, I can't fathom taking Joel Embiid in a, in a you know where down the stretch I need a guy and he's gonna miss game like he's always gonna miss games he's never gonna play a full set of games and while I love the guy just I'd rather have a guy that has a chance to play 82 games in a season and I just looking at you know cat stats I don't see anywhere where he's hurting you so that that's my pick at five I'll say I'm a bit shocked uh not sh- mainly shocked because I think typically you try to target those players that are on better teams. Like, and I think, uh, I don't know, we'll see how this off season plays out, but I think that he's definitely one of those people that, you know, he's had his time in Minnesota for quite a, quite a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the block uh, to be traded given he's how a- much he's given that, that franchise and where it's gone, which is nowhere. He did say, he did say recently he wants to be a Minnesota long-term. So I'm taking him at his word there because I think, I actually think the fantasy value for him lies in Minnesota. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I just want to say, I love the pick and honestly, I'd be okay taking him inside the top four, to be honest with you. But I will say what Dan just said is like, Oh, you know, he's, you know, his time in Minnesota is over I think that's the issue with his fantasy value is I think most people equate his real life value of like, Oh, he doesn't work hard or, Oh, he's not really, he's not a winner. He can't lead Minnesota to the playoffs, that kind of thing. And it affects his fantasy value. I mean, honestly, what are the knocks on this guy? He's a center who can pop, pop threes. He gets a a ton of rebounds. He scores the ball. He's on a bad team, which means, you know, they're not going to be, you know, resting players that much. They're going to be fighting for a playoff berth. He's going to play most of the season. I love this pick personally. I think it's a fantastic pick coming I mean, in next he, year. He had a down year. He battled. He battled COVID. Didn't yeah. his his mom passed away? Is that am I am I right there? Yeah. Somebody in his family close to him passed yeah, yeah, away, right? So, yeah. I mean, dealing with all that stuff, you know, heavy on the heart this season. He was he was a consensus top three pick uh, coming into the season. So, do you do you think his scoring? Are you concerned about his scoring if Minnesota is able to take somebody like a Cade Cunningham in this year's draft and Anthony Edwards? Happier about that because I think his assist numbers might go up. And in a in a nine cat league, I think those assists are more important than those extra couple points when you're talking about you know 25 or 27 points. I can make yeah. up points elsewhere. Making up assists elsewhere is much more difficult. So low-key, low I think that there's a sneaky point that you just made there. Um, do you guys know who the former assistant coach of the Denver Nuggets was? Chris Finch is now the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I wouldn't Luke be surprised Finch. to see if we see a little increase in Cats' assist the way we saw with – I mean, he trained Mason Plumley, He trained 
Yo- hmm. Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic. Interesting. Like that. Possible. That's uh, Investigator Dan right there. I like that. You know, mm-hmm. doing a little homework, a little bit, a little something, something. <laughs> Burnsy cool. is up with 106. All right. So <clears throat> still on the board right now, we have Giannis, we have Kevin Durant, we have Joel and B. That's who I'm going between. Um, I don't want Kevin Durant because my first pick was James Harden. I don't want to have two Brooklyn Nets. They'll just cap each other's upside. Uh, Giannis seems like the no-brainer here, but like I mentioned before, he shoots poor from the free throw line. He shoots poor from three-point range, grabs about 11 rebounds a game. I think I'm just going to go Giannis right here. Just, I think I'm going to punt because I have someone like James Harden who shoots good from the free throw line, who shoots 47% from the field. I think I'm going to go to Giannis and I'm going to really try and get those blocks, points, and rebounds and just have an advantage every single game or every single matchup in that category. No disagreement there, man. I think they have a better team, which I think bodes well for Giannis. And not, I mean, Giannis is just a freak, man. Like if he could get his, I think we've seen steady improvement in his ability to want to shoot, which I think is great. He'll eventually, it'll eventually come together. I have no disagreement. If, I mean, you got to take Giannis. He's just a, he's a, if, he's a stat he become, Yeah. I mean, he, he improved in the, in the free throw percentage column this season went from 63% to almost 69%. That's a big improvement. If he gets up to like 75% next season, gets a little bit more confident with the three. Now you're looking at a guy who should have went, you know, one or two overall in fantasy basketball drafts. Well, that's what I'm going to say. And, and to your point, this is a nine cat head to head league. If we're talking about just a head to head points league, Giannis is either the first or second pick every year, you know, without a question. So uh, to get him here at six, I'm okay with that. I agree, man. We got some value on the board for sure. Uh, Part of me is like, I, I got to take Durant here just because it's interesting because we're, we're trying to do a four team. We're trying to create our teams, but we're also doing a ranking. So it's not like I'm really actually getting these players, but I, I think jo- the Joel Embiid slide has gone too far. So I'm going to scoop him up at number seven. It's just the numbers, man. Like for a big man, you can't get that kind of efficiency. 51% from the field, 86% from the line, which is stupid. He's hitting threes. He's getting blocks. He's one amongst the league leaders in rebounds at 10.6. He almost dropped 30 a game. And honestly, the the Philadelphia 76ers do not have a lot of offensive threats to um, compete with his volume. So the the knock on Embiid is obvious. You know, it's it's definitely the injury concerns and whether he'll play, what percentage of games he'll play. Um, I would factor in if you're going to select Joel Embiid, you better have a backup plan mainly because he's probably going to miss at least a quarter of the season. I would say that that's the, that's probably an aggressive, an aggressive outlook, but certainly possible. So, but he's just too good not to have on your team. He can will you to a 40 and 20 outing. He'll give you all kinds of defensive metrics. It's a perfect spot for a big man. If you're looking for it, because right now there's still, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is off the board. I think he gives you the best overall um, comprehensive stats for a big man and contributing across categories that's left on the board. So I'm going with Joel Embiid. So one, you can't, you can't can't argue with that efficiency though, man. Those, those numbers are crazy for a big man. MVP. Uh, So who we got at 108? All right, look, man, I'm going to go ahead and and give you some numbers on this player before I tell you what his name is. And uh, so scored 21.8 points this season. Uh, It's his lowest since 2013. Uh, his 7.9 rebounds were the lowest of his career. This is the first time in his career that he's had less than 10 rebounds per game uh, for two seasons in a row. Uh, his block numbers were the lowest of his career, and his shooting was some of the worst of his career, and he only played 36 games. You guys know who I'm talking about? Yes. AD. It's got to be AD, man. And all that, all that, <laughs> all that to say, all those bad numbers to say, He's due for a bounce back. He had a bad year in terms of injuries. You know, like I said, only played 36 games. I don't see uh, I don't see him taking a step back next season. Uh, I definitely see him improving. Uh, LeBron's another year older. Uh, you know, even watching LeBron play, he's still amazing. He still hit that game winner the other night. But, I mean, you can clearly tell he's lost a step. Anthony Davis is the future of the Lakers. Uh, You know, they have all these guys on one year contracts. That's just kind of what they're doing right now. Uh, Davis is is their superstar, their cornerstone piece. Um, I I definitely see him being more of a focal point next year, getting back to that 20 and 10 average. 
Um, you know, he can shoot threes. Uh, he's usually uh, amazing when it comes to defensive stats. He kind of fell off this season. Um, so that's where I'm going, man. At, at the eighth pick here, that just seems like criminal value for a guy that he, he probably will fall this far in a lot of drafts and maybe even farther. Dude, the, I just, like, I can't – I have a problem with drafting a guy who is going to be questionable every single night and, and is going to be on the doubtful side of questionable every night. And I said this, like, early in the season where, like, LeBron was on the probable side of questionable every night. Like, who really knows if Anthony Davis is playing every single night? Like, this, this dude cannot talk about Embiid with load management and, you know, his, you know, nicks and bruises. This dude, Anthony Davis, can't stay on the court. So, yeah, for sure, he, he's a beast when he plays. But I think his three-point three numbers were, like, way down this season. He only averaged, like, 1.3. And granted, he didn't play a ton of games. But, um, I mean, the value is there. I agree. It's definitely a risk, though. I think we're surprised to see he only shot 74% from the free throw line too. So yeah, he, this was easily his worst season in quite some time, uh, probably going back to 23, 2014, as, as you stated, Zach. So I think you're getting good value just off the name. I'm curious as to whether he can again, stay on the court. Like I I'm still curious of what that injury is really. It said it is a calf injury, calf strain, whatever, but he still doesn't look right. Maybe he has the off season to get better, but you know, he, they have been playing a ton of basketball going back to the bubble. And I think it could be a legitimate concern that he could be, you know, missing games here and there for at least the next couple of seasons until we get back onto that normal uh, rhythm of the NBA schedule and back to normalcy. Sure. All right. We're going to 109. Bernsey, who you got? Or that's no. Koffler. Koffler turn. What's up? I'm up. Don't, don't, don't. Yeah, don't uh, take my pick away from me. Uh, just you. like. Just like we said that Anthony Davis slid, I think this guy's sliding way too far. And that is none other than Kevin Durant. The the efficiency numbers that this guy has, uh, he's he's better on the defensive end of the floor than people give him credit for. Averages almost uh, two steals plus blocks per game. Um, I think he's... If you watch Nets games with the big three on the floor together, he does look like the alpha. That team outside of the big three and Harden, Kyrie, and KD, there's not going to be any fantasy value. So, you know, to think that the three of them playing together uh, is a negative uh, for any of them is really uh, doing that, you know, that three, some players uh, a disservice. So forget about that. Look what KD did with the Warriors uh, when he played with a crowded group of guys. Man, like to to get him at nine uh, seems like a steal. So I'm gonna go KD here. No disagreement. I think KD no. is certainly valuable right now. I think it's more so again. You know, are they gonna be taking nights off because they don't they won't need them? I mean, I think this team once they get their actual rhythm together, they're not gonna need all three on a given night to beat the Minnesota Timberwolves you know, the Houston Rockets, whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if he takes some sporadic rest, but like efficiency wise, this guy is, it's like he never, he took a, he took a year off and came back just about as good, if not better than he was before, which is crazy considering yeah. the, the significance of that Achilles tear. And that's, that's my only concern here is that there's a couple guys coming up here that likely won't take very many games off. I won't mention them to see if they're picked, but um it, you know, those couple games, off, I don't think he's taken every back-to-back -back off. So, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay going KD here. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor, and then we'll get back to the rest of the 2022 early season rankings for the Stretch 4. The Stretch 4 podcast is sponsored by Podcorn, a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. So Adam, I know you've been really active on Podcorn lately trying to secure sponsorship opportunities for our podcast. What can you tell the listeners about the marketplace? Dude, it's been awesome. We've been able to get three or four sponsorships in the last month for our podcast. The website's extremely user-friendly. It's easy to navigate. You can see the details 
you know, spelled out very clearly to see which, uh, which sponsorship opportunities fit with the target audience of our podcast. So it's been a, it's been a really cool and pretty easy experience so far. Yeah, I totally agree, man. It's, it's super easy to use. I've sent out plenty of proposals myself. And the best part is you get to set your own rates and then also collaborate with the brands directly without any exclusivities. Like it's pretty, it's pretty cool. That's exactly right. There's no middleman. It gives the podcaster the full transparency into the process of being able to secure those ads and get monetized. Uh, click the link in our show notes today and sign up for Podcorn and make sure you start browsing those sponsorship opportunities right now. KD, he is now off the board. Bernsey, 110. Where you go here? Still a ton of names out there. This is crazy. So uh, we've talked about this guy a lot the last few weeks about how he was kind of a bust relative to his ADP coming into uh, this season, he was a consensus top three selection in multiple formats, but I'm going to go Luka Doncic here. Uh, it's it's a no-brainer for me at the 10th spot. I mean, here's a guy, you look at his stats this year, his points dropped off by one point, so, but he still averaged about 28 points a game, eight rebounds, eight and a half assists. He shoots about 73% from the free throw line. He shot 48% from the field as well, so he's not killing you there. And then I look at his three-point game. His first two seasons in the NBA, he shot uh, less than 32% from the field uh, or from three, excuse me. And this year he jumped up to 35%. So there is some improvement there. I think he's only going to get better. He's, what is he, like 20 years old, 21 years old? Uh, he's He's just entering his prime in his fourth season. This is a guy that while he did kind of like Anthony Davis, have kind of fall back a little bit in terms of fantasy production and what was expected. Uh, this is just a no-brainer selection for me in a nine-cat head-to-head league at the 10th spot. Yeah, dude. What a value at number 10, dude. That's insane. Um, yeah, can't disagree with that selection at all, man. I mean, I'm he's not going to take games I'm, off. I'm, I'm kind of pissed I went on KD over Luca, But dude. Luca, Luca, Luca turns the ball over 4.3 times a game, man. Like, you're, I'll you're, take you're, it. You're, you're going to lose turnovers every single week. That's okay. I'm punting turnovers because I got James Harden anyways, and James Harden will turn That's the ball true. over That's a lot. True. So I kind of yeah. decided to just punt turnovers a little bit. And and Giannis turns the ball over a fair share amount as well. But I think with with those three guys, with James Harden, Giannis, and now Luca, I mean, that's going to be a tough, a tough team to beat uh head to head each week. Yeah. So for my 111, man, this is a tough one because I'm I'm eyeing a couple big men here. Um but I think I'm going to go with I'm going to go with the guy that finished fifth in overall average over the course of last season. And it's Kawhi Leonard. He shot Ooh. 51% from the field, 89% from the free throw line, almost hit two threes. The guy is among the league leaders in steals every year. And he just does every, just about everything. He doesn't hurt you at all. I mean, he only averaged two turnovers a, a game. I think that the Clippers are only going to get better. Um, Paul George played extremely well in his bounce back campaign. I think he's going to continue to lead this squad. He, he did see his points per game decrease slightly to 24.6 this season. But I mean, if you're looking at total complete value, man, this guy contributes across the board. He's consistent. The load management questions are always going to be looming, but if you're still finished all the while missing that many games, he still finished fifth overall in head-to-head nine-category formats. I mean, that's just a beast. So, and I'm talking average here, not total. But, you know, I think that there's extremely good value. He's going to be good. Their squad is stacked. And they're not going to be adding too many other resources around him and Paul George to be going into next season. So, I think there's a lot of upside for Kawhi Leonard here as a late back-end first-round pick. And outside of that two-week stretch that he didn't play because of, a, I think it was a foot injury, he didn't really, he wasn't really load managed. He wasn't, no. he wasn't sitting, he wasn't sitting on back-to-backs, much like Russell Westbrook, what we saw with him. So maybe, uh, maybe he's going to play more than we, than we have in our minds. And it's, that's kind of the thing of the past. We'll see. But I agree, that's a great value pick as well at the back end of the first round. And Kawhi is also, he was top three for much of the season before he he went down with those injuries, those nagging injuries. But I seem to have picked every player that fell off at the, the most crucial time in the, in the playoff time. But, you know, I think next season is going to be a bit different. But 
We'll see what's going on with number 112 to close out the first round of the I know exactly I, I know what Zach is doing here. Mock draft. <laughs> Look, man, I know what this pick is. Go ahead and guess. Tell me who you think I'm gonna pick. This is this is your fantasy MVP, Zach. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's Whoa. not what I was gonna guess. No, no I was no, I'm I'm torn. I was really, really, really considering Vooch right here. And I, I was, considered I was, him, that was my guy. I was going to go Vooch. That that was the only other one. Yeah. I'll be honest with you, I considered drafting him with my first two picks. I mean, I really did just because of uh, you know, he's a big man, he can shoot threes. He's only continuing to improve. He gives you so much in every category. Um, I know where you're going here. You're going off the cuff here. I know what you're doing. He's doing Mr. Triple-Double. Listen, nah, I, am can't do that. I am going, and I, I really considered Zion here, too, just because he's ascending. He had such a good year, but he kind of drags you down. He doesn't shoot threes. He's a poor free right. throw shooter. I'm going with the guy that has continued to ascend every single year. We still haven't seen the best of him. With 112, I got to take Jason Tatum, dude. Oh. This is I, – I cannot help taking the value here. These are his numbers for last season. 26 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists, 1.2 steals, and 2.93s. s The best shooting year of his career. It's just – well, not quite the best shooting year of his career, but, you know, it was one of the better ones of his career. I – He's, he gets better every single year, and we just we haven't seen the best of him, dude. Um, you know, he's still a young guy. He just turned 23 years old. He's got so much potential uh, on this Boston team that really, um, you know, they got so they have so many playmakers. But uh, you know, he's he's clearly the best, head and shoulders above Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker, uh, and we just haven't seen the best of him. So if I want to take a guy that you know gives me the most upside here, uh, it's got to be Tatum. It's interesting because I agree with you. We still haven't seen his peak. And I believe I took him with the 10th overall pick this season. So for me to pass on him at the ninth overall pick, uh, you know, seems a little bit weird because if he was a 10th pick this season, he's getting better. Why would he not be in the top 10? Right. So I, I can, I could definitely get behind that. I don't agree that he's head and shoulders above Jalen Brown though. But that's a conversation for another day. Right. Yeah, I actually took Tatum in our fantasy pros mock draft or fantasy draft last year at number nine. So Ooh. the slide of Tatum, not I don't know if it's, you could say it's justified or warranted because I, I totally agree with you, Zach. This guy's improved every single year. So his scoring average, his rebounds, his assists have all improved. Like those are the main three categories that you're looking at when you're drafting a fantasy player. Um and his defensive metrics, I mean, he's going to give you a steal. I would like to see more in the blocks department, but he's capable, right? So if we're talking about him improving even more, we could see him drop close to 30 points a game next year, you know, probably around 28, something like that, maybe get eight, nine rebounds. I mean, you're looking at fantasy gold there potentially. I would say I would say Jason Tatum is head and shoulders above Jalen Brown from a fantasy perspective. Um, from a real-life perspective, I'd say it's much closer. I mean, Jalen was a, he was a fantasy beast this year. Right? I mean, he's also improved every single year. So, I mean, I think it's just really a testament to both of those dudes just being great basketball players and not having, I mean, I'm not worried about Kemba Walker stealing any of their no. usage. I'm not worried about Evan Fournier, Marcus Smart, you know, I'm really just going to be those two dudes. You're not worried um, about, you're not worried about Fournier? <laughs> no. Look at Fournier, Fournier torched my heat in so i'm actually curious though i was surprised i was expecting bernsey to, to draft jimmy butler after his late season surge where he jimmy ended butler. up finishing dude he ended up finishing in the top 10 in uh if we're talking average over the course of the season i mean he put up amazing stats what he average uh almost 50 percent from the field 87 percent from the line 22 7 and 7 i mean he led the league in steals too 2.3. I was very surprised to see him not be drafted by you in the first round, but I get it. You got extreme value out of getting Luca so late. I mean, it's hard to throw in a name like Jimmy Butler when Luca's still on the board. I'll be honest with you. Um, I did think about it. Yet. No, there's uh, there's a couple guys that are not on the list that's in our show sheet uh, that I've con contemplated taking that I'm probably going to take at next week's episode very early. So I'm not going to say don't who tip, it is. Because don't tip your hand tonight. yet. We, we got yeah. more coming. Coming next week for the round two. See how we continue to pick there. It's going to be fun. We're going to continue to do this over the next couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. 
So, guys, just real quick, want to get your thoughts on the NBA Finals. Who do you got going from the Eastern Conference? Who do you have going from the West? And who do you think is going to ultimately take home the Larry O'Brien Trophy? In the, uh, I'll start uh, out of the West. I've got the Utah over the Lakers in seven in the Western Conference Finals. That home court advantage for Utah, who was thirty-one and five at home this season. Uh, they're just a beast of a team. I, I really think there's something special there in Utah this season. Donovan Mitchell coming back for the for the first round. Uh, I really like their chances uh, with that uh, home court advantage throughout. Out of the East, uh, I'm rolling with the Philadelphia 76ers over the Brooklyn Nets in seven in the Ooh. Eastern Conference Finals. And then I've got – I'm going to be a homer, but I also think they're really good this season. I'm going with the Sixers over Utah in six for the NBA championship. All right. So as a Sixers fan, I'm with that. I have it. the exact same as Koffler, except I have the Sixers losing to the Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals, and then I have the Nets beating Utah in the finals. Um, but I do have Utah and L.A. in the Western Conference Finals as well. So uh, we're very similar there. I just – well, listen, it's playoff time. I just find it – it's going to be very tough to beat a team with Kevin Durant, James Harden, if James Harden can get back to full strength and get, find his rhythm and Kyrie Irving, you know, in, in a seven game series, that's going to be a tough feat. Rotations, rotations tighten up a little bit. Yep. Uh, you know, but the, the jazz bring like the two best guys off the bench, right. And Clarkson and Ingles. Those, those guys are, what, I, I can't believe what I'm hearing. Those can't guys you, are far. Those you, guys are. You, can't you please give me your take just so I can roast on, these man. fools. Come right, on, look, man. Look, man. It's not this always is... Look, dude, this is playoff time, right? This isn't time for Joe Ingles to play hero or Jordan Clarkson to finally do something in his career. This yeah. is time for this is time for big boy basketball, dude. This is time for guys like LeBron James, maybe you know him, or Anthony Davis. You've heard of him too. That's true. This is this is time for them to step up and go all the way to the NBA Finals, which they will this season. They, their their path is either Denver or Portland next round. And then I think they end up meeting the Clippers in the conference finals because I think the Clippers are going to take out Utah. Uh, we're going to see some a better version of Pandemic P. We're going to see Kawhi Leonard. We know how they can do in the playoffs. This isn't time for a deep rotation. This is time for superstars to take over. So that I got a battle of Los Angeles here uh, with the Lakers going. And then, yeah, I have to agree with, um, with the Eastern Conference here. Um, it, you know what? I not completely. I take Brooklyn to come out of the East, but yeah, I, all right. All right. I have to say Philly and Brooklyn. I think that makes sense for me as well. Uh, and I think Brooklyn ends up coming out of the East and the Lakers beat them in seven. All right. So Utah, what are we talking about here? They have no playoff experience. Like they're going to be bounced. I wouldn't be surprised if they were a second round exit. I think the Clippers are going to take them out. Not even going to be, it's not even going to be a case. My upset of the, playoffs is going to be the suns over it's not really an upset but the suns beating the lakers lakers are trash Ooh. i don't believe in them that you saw that that drumming situation isn't working out they it took lebron heaving up a prayer to even have a chance to get into the eighth spot they barely beat the warriors who were on one last leg like no lakers ain't doing it again i don't care um on the eastern side i'm gonna take it to philly man philly and the nets i'm gonna take the nets over them just off of the pure talent i think they're gonna wind up winning in seven unfortunately but i got the clips load up the clips i got them winning the championship here i think that you're gonna see i think Kawhi's got all the rest in the world over the last two weeks i think pandemic p is gonna have an an outburst and don't sleep on the late pick of ray john rondo and his veteran leadership coming over there fresh off a championship I think they got a lot of vets. They got a lot of dudes that have the playoff experience and they could make a wave here as the four seed. And, um, but yeah, I think we all got some unique takes. Let's watch how it goes. Track it. Burns, you got one last thought. Yeah. And I'll say to your point, like Zach said it earlier too, but this is when the, the game slows down. It's time for, for players that are vets that know how the game works in and out. Um, really, sheer talent can only take you so far in the playoffs it's more like game plan scheme all that stuff so to your point i think the clippers have an advantage with rondo this is where nicholas batum shines on defense and when the game slows down things like that uh my upset of this is i think the miami heat are going to upset the uh the milwaukee bucks the i agree with that. I, I do too I, I agree with that i don't believe in the bucks at all i'm with you man 
And Giannis, what did Giannis say the other day? He's like, oh yeah. Like uh, he said something that was just like, why would you say that? It's almost like they're not confident they're going to win or something. And I will say the Bucks are a completely different team than last season. True holiday makes them a lot better, but I don't know. I don't know. We agree. But I mean, we do, we do agree that it's going to be Brooklyn and Philly. Yeah. We'll see how the West shakes out. We'll keep you posted. But with that, we'll holla at y'all next week. Thanks to underdog podcast for hosting us. Make sure to check our Twitter feeds. We'll still be pumping out content as we migrate also to fantasy football season. Follow us all. We got takes for for most sports here. So with that, we'll holla at y'all. Peace.